BFS fan page rampage. I'm Daniel Cotton from Twitter and uh, Jared. I'm here. I'm, I'm freaking raring to go here. I can't believe we've, we're really doing this we two, two months in a row. First of all, how about that theme song by Linus, Fantastic. Of, Linus of Hollywood, the theme song. I like sang this thing into my phone and just sent it to him and I said, could you have us a theme song in like a day? And he goes, yeah, let's go with that 80s sitcom vibe. And he did it perfect. That's great. Uh, thanks, Daniel, for holding me to this. The response to the first fan page rampage was awesome. I mean, it was uh, it was super cool. I know that a lot of people liked hearing their questions out there on the uh, internet, on the podcast wire, so to speak. So our first bit that we're going to do is actually from directly from the fan page. We're going to that's uh, right. We're going to get Fiona on the line. Right? You ready for me to get her on the line? Yeah, go for okay, it. I'm going to do it right now. I don't even care. Let's see. Um, yeah, so one little hiccup. Her little name thing doesn't seem to be working. Let me see if I can add her as a friend. Looby dooby doo. All right. Hey, everybody. Did I? Uh, I'll edit all this shit out. I feel like we we were off to such a good start. Yeah, no, I I think I think leave it in. It's going great. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the first part of Jarrett goes to the movies when we're streaming, and Rich de Rich absolutely demands that we turn the thing on, and I'm like, we're not doing anything yet. It's great. Everyone loves that bit. Yeah, do they or do they not? I I love it. I like when things fall apart. <laughs> well. That is definitely a uh, thing that happens a lot on Jarrett Goes to the Movies. All right. I have requested her as a contact. You know, they, there's, there's, we're in the sophomore slump. That's what it is. Like we're fucking like two minutes in, and it's already shitty. Can well, you? we don't have sophomores in the UK, so I don't know what that means. You don't have – oh. <laughs> is that true? Oh, maybe you were right. We should have got her on first and then started the thing. That would have been good, you know? Trust me. You have to trust me. Hello, Fiona. Are you there? Hello. There she Hi. is. The famous Fiona Freeman, the the uh, head honcho <laughs> at the Bowling for Soup fan page. The amazing Bowling for Soup fan page, which has taken on an insane life of its own. We're giving shit away. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, it's really quiet. Oh, you know what you could do? Turn it up. Uh, no, you, you're coming in loud and clear here. Oh, cool. All right, what is this bit we're doing here? So, Fiona is going to read out the post of the month, and uh, I think we're going to sort them out a prize. Is that right? That is right. Yeah, And they don't have to be from any particular area to win, just because you guys are English and I'm American. I'll send a prize anywhere, you know? I'll send a prize to the moon if I have to. <laughs> I don't feel like, uh, sh like sending a T-shirt to the moon is going to get a lot of reaction. And doesn't Elon Musk own the moon now anyway? So I don't think don't think you're allowed. I don't even know. I'd have to ask Rich. Okay, so let's get to it, Fiona. What is our post of the month? Okay, uh, I just want to say before I tell you who it is, uh, over the last 28 days, there's been over 35,000 uh, comments and posts. 
Holy crap. Just in one month, which is wow. insane. That is insane. So out of all of those, the one that sort of stuck out in my head the most is um, Owen Lewis's post, which is of the, he was wearing the blue suit from the Drunk Enough to Dance cover. That's right. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah, I just think that was yeah, an awesome that. post. Okay. And it got a lot of people sort of wanting to wear it on tour. So I just think that should be the winner for this one. All right, Owen Lewis, who dressed up in the blue tux from the Drunk Enough to Dance album and uh, did all of our different poses and ma- remade the album yeah. cover. Genius post. Freaking Owen Lewis. Yeah, I love that one. Okay. All right, thank you, Fiona, for everything. Thanks, guys. See you later. Okay, bye-bye. Yes, bye. I don't know how to see here. Oh, crap. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. I, I, I fucking knew it. I couldn't figure out how to... Let's get into the Bully Gris Soup fan page rampage. Okay, so let's talk about the latest BFS news. Do you have any updates to give anyone at the moment? You know, uh, BFS update is, you know, we're pretty much lined out now, touring-wise, for 2018. I'm not sure where we were at on that when we spoke last. Um, we did, we are announcing very soon, and I'll just go ahead and put this out there and get, because I'm not sure about the shows yet. We are going to South Africa for three shows in March, so I'm super excited Holy about that. Shit. Yeah, never been there, and we're doing three festival-style shows, headlining so that's that's a big deal for us, uh, you know. I mean, there's there's very few like uncharted places for us that we still would have interest in going, and uh, so that one that one's gonna be great. And um, you know, I I don't really know yet what it's gonna be, but we are gonna go into the studio in the spring and do something. So. I know I've put this out there a bunch, whether or not it should be new music or whether we should uh, do the, the second 10 years greatest hits or, you know, a covers thing. And, and I know everybody's got an opinion and I, I love all the input. So by all means, you know, I always read the latest thing. So if you have any input into that, just post that out there. But, uh, you know, lots of uh, it's going to be a busy 2018 for us. And um, still some surprises. Oh, so I leaked the piano thing. Um, I gave the fan page a free piano song, right, over Christmas. Yeah. Or did I give three songs? Three songs. Three songs. Yeah, and so we have two albums worth of that done. Uh, So that's another sort of thing that's going to be coming out pretty soon. So, you know, I mean, nothing crazy in the news other than just – extensions of what we talked about last month and then the South Africa thing and then the piano album and then new music soon. Awesome. So let's talk about Bon Soup in the news. So over the last month, I'm just going to run through these quick. You feel free to comment on anything you want to. Uh, Hollywoodlife.com uh, you as one of the top 18 covers of All I Want for Christmas is You. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. Here's what's funny about that. Go. I that I love our version of that song, but what you have to know is I was so sick when I cut that vocal. I was so insanely sick that like I had to break it down line by line and it took me I'm I'm a really fast vocal tracker. Um man, it took me hours to finally get that because I was just I mean, it was everything I had to just get that out that day. And uh 
So I, I remember my nephew Coulter was there. If you guys know Coulter from previous Bowling for Soup tours and whatnot, he was there, and it was the first time he had seen me seen me sing in the studio. And I remember just like telling him every single time, "It's like, okay, it's usually not like this, dude. It's usually not like this. I'm 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 dying in here, but I made it through, and um, you know, again, it's 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 been it, Christmas was really cool. Um, a bunch of our stuff got airplay this year. And it's for, you know, that song's been out there for six or seven years now. So uh, super cool that that's getting any kind of notice. So do you think it's more difficult or do you think it's easier to cover a song where there's already a bunch of covers out there? To be honest, I didn't know there were a bunch of covers of that out there. I mean, I, th I thought I was being, and again, this has been years ago, so maybe there weren't as many. Um, but no, because the thing that we do is we make it sound like Bowling for Soup. And so that has always just been such a thing for us, even back in the bar days where we could go in and do like Elvis songs and make them sound like Bowling for Soup and Beatles and Beach Boys and things like that. Um, we still sounded like our band. So the one thing is, is that ours is always going to it's, it's going to be a spin on the song that sounds like us. So I don't really worry too much about that um, when I'm picking songs like that. So, next thing, uh, you got a brief mention. The Dallas Observer did a little story about uh, your very own Will Von Bolen. Ah, yes, I didn't know that either. That's awesome. What was the story about, or was it just a general thing about what he's doing? Uh, he has sold all of his possessions and sold his house. Yeah, so I didn't know if that was what it was, but yes. So what happened was I was trying to hire him to do a photo shoot for Not Your Girlfriends, this band that I manage here in Dallas. And he that's he texted me back and said, Well, I sold all of my stuff. So, you know, I'll but I'll see if I can borrow some stuff and come up and do the photo shoot. I totally thought he was kidding. I mean that just sounds like, you know, like ah, I sold all my shit, but uh yeah, I'll see what I can do. But no. He had sold everything and he was uh he basically has his family has some land down south near Austin. And he just, uh, you know, I think he just kind of smokes weed, stands out in the middle of a field naked, and um, <laughs> just basks in, you know, earth. <laughs> I don't know, man, but uh, he's a hell of a photographer. He's a hell of a guy uh, and an interesting guy. And he's got some shit planned. He's doing some stuff. He's um, he's for sure got, uh, he's got a book that he wrote that he is convinced is going to be the new Bible. So... We'll see where that goes, but uh, it's pretty it's pretty uplifting the thing that he that he's done, and uh, you know you'll be hearing about it soon. Okay, we lost Daniel again. You can always tell when we lose Daniel because we we uh, we don't hear the thing. I can see him right now. I can see him struggling with his attachments to his headphones and plugging them back in and adjusting them, and then he just shakes his head like, "Well, no, that wasn't it." And he's probably looking at the screen from time to time to see if I'm still talking because he can't hear me. And uh, now he's gotten up. So now I'm looking at a blank screen. Well, it's not a blank screen. It's a top of a red couch, a really nice lamp, and um, some shelves with some stuff on it. And he's back. He is back, ladies and gentlemen. We've got him back. Never fear, Daniel. I okay. talked through the whole thing. This, this article about Will... It it says that he's been touring with R5 for the last three years. Now, R5 
six months ago I'd never heard of. And then on the uh, Heartache and Hilarity Tour, they were in two different cities. They were parked next to us when we got up in the morning. And um, apparently they're like a Disney band. And he said of, of every band he's ever toured with, they provided the best food. So now we know for next time, <laughs> steal their food. Right. Yeah, that makes sense, though. I think they're on a bigger, a slightly bigger budget than us. Yes. You know? I mean, it, I'm not sure what other bands he's toured with besides us and them, but I can guarantee they have better food than us. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also said they have pizza every night, which, you know, we can't be eating pizza anymore. No, we can't do that every night. That's a, that's a thing. <clears throat> like, I, I that, that's the thing. What do you want to eat tonight, Jared? I don't. I anything but pizza. I don't want that every night. And then what's great is when it when you do have it, it's delicious. Not that it's not delicious all the time, because all pizza is good. Like there's no bad pizza. It's like there's no bad quesadilla, or pizza. Just there's just ones that are better than others. I agree. I agree. Uh, next article: The Times of India had a Q and A with Alexa Bliss and asked what her favorite music was, and she said it was Fall Out Boy and you guys. Awesome stuff. Yeah, she um, had tweeted about us at one point, uh, Alexa Bliss from the WWE, and I tweeted back at her, and we've actually been in touch, and I will be seeing her at an upcoming event, and my uh, kid will get to meet her. I'm excited about that, and but not near as excited as he is. And here's the other thing. She was coming to see my band like back when she was living in Columbus. So here, depending on when that was, I probably had a shot. Damn it. Well, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this next one has been posted in the fan page a couple of times, so I, I guess you will probably have seen it. The Alternative Press uh, covered a new story about one of these videos where teens listen to songs and try and identify them. Right. And it was the the pop punk episode, and right. you guys were one of the songs on there. Yeah. Uh, nobody knew what it was. No, and that's unfair too because they picked the absolute wrong song. I mean, they picked like our first hit, first big hit, which you know, I mean, even their parents were probably young at that point. Like, if they would have played them 1985 or, you know, I mean, let's be honest, Phineas and Ferb. I mean, like you could fucking yes. put you could put 700 kids in there and they would know that. Um, <laughs> But no, I uh, it, it's still a funny watch, and you know I I am okay with it. I I definitely know that if they were walking out of the room, and some producer was like, "Oh, you know the song 1985," they would have known. But uh, anyway, I love the kid that goes. Um, he's just like, "Are they still a? Are they still? A I think my mom likes them, but are they still doing anything?" <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, last article, the Dallas Observer just had to think about the best things to do over New Year's weekend, and your show was one of those. How did that go? Uh, very, very good, actually. It was so much fun. We got to play with some friends that we haven't played with in a long time. I mean, the band The Nixons are one of the bands that gave us our some of our first really big shows, and especially out-of-town shows. And then Zach, after they broke up, Zach Malloy, um, became a songwriter. I actually managed him for a while, and then he took off as a songwriter, moved to Nashville, has written a bunch of hits, but also we wrote Ohio, Come Back to Texas together, and Don't Let It Be Love, and Love Goes Boom, a few things like that. Shut Up and Smile. Um, I I just, when he was living closer, it was fun. We would just write for days and days and, and always came came up with some doozies. 
Uh, but but yeah, I mean, th- it was awesome seeing them again, and that the Bomb Factory is literally the greatest venue probably in the world. Um, and I and I say that <clears throat> being absolutely serious. It's fucking crazy how amazing that venue is. Um, but yeah, and then our friend Slow Roosevelt from back in the day and uh, South FM. So it was it was a nice, very nice night. Um, and you know, not too crazy. I I. Uh, I, I really wasn't too hung over the next day, and I, I think it's because I anticipated it too much. But it was a good time. This day in Bowling Soup history, the 12th of January 2010, the U.S. tour officially kicked off, and you live-streamed soundcheck from Little Rock in Arkansas. Shit, that's right. I was thinking about that the other day, that we when we first could do that, and I had so much fun on that tour doing the uh, Ustream and the live-stream stuff. We the, now the live stream. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, live stream. I think we had we. It was like a little bit more organized. Like we would you, you wouldn't just go up. It wasn't like Facebook Live. I think we would just it would be advertised and people could watch it. So you know it had to be sort of timed or whatever. And then that UStream shit came out, and you know I would just like get on the bus and start doing it, and we would get so excited that there were like three or four hundred people just watching us on the bus. It was just <laughs> such a weird sort of you know uh, sort of like a y- you bring it on yourself ev- evasive fucking invasive whatever the fuck um anyway it was crazy but now that's just you know everybody does it it's like everybody's live on facebook now and uh you know i, I that's fucking crazy yeah that was that, that was historic though we were like what people can just tune in this is and they're watching it from what their phones this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, eight years on, that does seem crazy. Uh, next big thing, what are you listening to at the moment? Macklemore. I am fucking obsessed with this American rapper called <clears throat> Macklemore, and he, it's the craziest shit. I believe it's the first, and no, it is. It's the first band that my kids ever got me into, and the, the uh, it's it's an interesting story. He had this guy from this band Foxy Shazam play on one of his songs called Downtown, and we love Foxy Shazam, me and my wife, and she's seen them a bunch of times. So that was sort of like my first exposure to it because they loved loved that song, my kids. And uh, so I took my son to go see him, and I loved the show, but I still didn't really know. Excuse me, that's a yawn. I still didn't know any of the, you know, any of the material, anything. So I, as we've kind of gone through the last four or five months, my kids have latched onto a few other songs. So we, in my car, nobody puts on headphones and stuff. We play the Spotify game. So we take turns. We go in a circle and we each pick a song. So it keeps everybody, you know, nobody's hiding away. Everybody's there and in the moment or whatever. And so they pick a lot of his shit. Anyway, I love it. You know, I don't think he's like some respected like hip hop guy or or whatever apparently, but I don't give a shit about any of that. I love his songs and his message is great and he seems like a good person. So, but my song that I would recommend would be uh, go check out the song Downtown. He had this song called Thrift Thrift Shop back in the a uh, few years ago. Yeah, that that was a big hit here. Yeah, so that was like a huge deal and and I didn't listen to him back then, but uh so the songs, though, that I've been listening to are, again, Glorious is a really good song. My kids love that. Like I said, Downtown, which is the, <clears throat> which is that 
the song with that one dude in and then, and then there's a song called Good Old Days that he does that's like about him coming up uh, it being in a rock band and you know trying his shit but he has this song called Same Love and it's about just like uh, just acceptance really of homosexuality and, and of people just being themselves and man if you, you go listen to the words of that Same Love and if you're not a fan it's you're fucking crazy go check it out uh, Ball and Soup on TV the fan page wanted me to ask about your appearance slash appearances on Top of the Pops. Do you remember that? Oh, totally, man. We had so I think they only aired one, but we were on twice, or maybe yeah, we were on twice because we 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 got on there. We did "Girl the Bad Guys Want," and we were like wearing the tuxes and all that shit. But then we taped Emily there, but I don't think it ever aired. But if you have ever heard my Shaggy impression? That's where that originated because we were opposite stage from Shaggy, and when you're when you go to do that, like there's all these different stages in this one room, and so you would take turns sound checking, and so I will never forget this as long as I live. Like he he Shaggy was just the nicest dude, and uh, you know you could hear <clears throat> he was just sitting on the stage watching our sound check, and then when it was his time. He was just like, okay, yeah, hey, you know, um, this is going to be awesome. We're going to do a little sound check here. Let me get the uh, microphone going. Uh, microphone, I'll just grab the mic here. And, oh, yes, man, yes, man, Irie, Irie, yes, man, yes, man. And then he would just, and then just, and it was like, what the fuck just happened? It's like three different people, you know? And, uh. Anyway, just a terrific, terrific thing to be able to uh, to have seen. But man, Top of the Pops was crazy um, because after the show was like just this open bar, just insanity. And holy shit, did we get drunk? I mean, drunk. Also, I will say this, and I'm not kidding. Totally had a moment with Christina Aguilera um, backstage at that thing, and. Uh, I really totally thought we were going to make out, but we didn't. <laughs> Just to explain for anyone who hasn't seen the show, Top of the Pops, uh, it was a music show that ran for about 40 years in the UK, and it worked in collaboration with the charts, so they would basically play whatever was in the top 10, uh, and they would get some other bands to come in and perform live. The reason it was uh, controversial in a lot of ways is they were big on having the artists mime, and uh, then that was outlawed, and then they brought it back. So another thing that a lot of people on the fan page wanted to know was, were you asked, do you want to mime over a backing track? Was Did that ever come up? They tried to get us to just sing. Uh, they didn't ask, ask us to lip sync. They asked us to fake our instruments, and we said no. So it was kind of a big deal because our setup was a little bit more complicated. And that could be, I never thought about this, but that could be the reason why Emily didn't air. Like maybe the sound wasn't right or something. Um, but no, we we were asked to mime, or as you say, uh, mime or lip sync or whatever, many, many times, never accepted. Um, we did fake our instruments on one show one time. And I actually, t I'm, I'm being completely honest. I do not remember what it was. It wasn't a big one. 
And I was just like, well, we're never doing that again. And and it really isn't some that I'm just like some fucking purist. You know me, I don't give a fuck. It's just it's 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 awkward and and it's you it's not us. It's not what we do, you know. And so I I just it, it's just never um it it has nothing to do again with with being like we're too fucking good for that cuz Jesus Christ, if I was Beyoncé, I'd fucking mime some shit, you know. I mean, she has to shake her booty. Side note, do you ever phone Shaggy's bank and just, like, try and withdraw money? <laughs> Which voice would I use? Like, hey, it's me, Shaggy. <laughs> uh, just phoning up to see if I could get some money. I read money, man. <laughs> do you, do you think he is also Shaggy on Scooby-Doo? That's his deal. Like, he's, he's every Shaggy. He could be. I mean, uh, I don't know. That'd be another voice, though. That's getting fucking crazy. So, story behind the song. This time, the fan page has voted for Luckiest Loser. Hopefully, you have some shit to say. <laughs> so, Luckiest Loser is a fun one. I went, it was after our big, our big long tour in 2005 that we did with American Hi-Fi. And we brought them over there as well. So, we had toured with them quite extensively. And <clears throat> I was just going around doing all, all the co-writes. So, I, you know... After Girl, The Bad Guys Want was such a big hit, uh, the label encouraged me to go do co-writes. And I actually really fell in love with it. Like, I love going and just writing songs with other people. So I would, like, take months and just do a week here and a week there and a week there. And just, first of all, I got to travel by myself, and it was awesome. And then I'd get to hang with whomever it was that I was writing with. So um, me and Stacy Jones from American Hi-Fi were writing a couple of songs. And to be honest, we were kind of in a rut. We really couldn't figure anything out. It was, it, the majority of the time was us just trying to fucking figure out something to write about. You know, it's like, it's, 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 sometimes that happens. So we really ended up just kind of fucking off for two or three days. We went and had some P.F. Chang's, and that's a restaurant here, and sat next to the guy from Hoobastank, and we all acted like we didn't know each other was a whole thing um you know like you do in hollywood <laughs> but uh that song actually started out to be called you both suck.com once we sort of started going back backwards we kind of took that song and worked backwards it was just one of those ones where we just laughed through the whole thing it was like i remember when i came up with the uh, uh and see i don't even know if you guys would get that this reference but uh, where I say now you're stuck with her like Mellencamp is stuck with Cougar. So John, yeah, I I only know I only know that because I looked it up because I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. Yeah, so John Mellencamp was like this sort of like Bruce Springsteen ish kind of like you know Midwest songwriter guy or whatever that kind of got <laughs> you know he got sort of swallowed up by the industry. And they they sort of tried to make him into a pop star, and he actually became Johnny Cougar. So, you know, when, like, Hurt So Good and, um, oh, shit, Jack and Diane came out, that's who it was. It was Johnny Cougar. So then, then when he, after, like, the Pink Houses thing, he became John Mellencamp and basically tried to run and run and run and run away from that. And I recently saw an interv- heard an interview with him on Howard Stern talking about that, and it's, and it's kind of funny. that, But it's like you're going to be stuck with that forever. You know, it's like whenever, you know, everybody refers to 
um, the late Dimebag Daryl is Dimebag Daryl, but I always, I still call him Diamond Daryl because that was his fucking name whenever I started listening to him, you know, and it's not any yeah, disrespect. Yeah. It's just, that's what it is. And I mean, I remember calling John Mellencamp Johnny Cougar forever. Um, but uh, so, you know, lyrically, uh, you know, we had fun with the whole, like, uh, we saw Bon Jovi sat in the front row. Uh, I pierced your ear right before the show. Now, that's a true story that happened. I really did. I did we didn't go see Bon Jovi, um, but me and my friend did pierce each other's ear before a concert once. Mine didn't take. It just fucking hurt. I took it out. and uh, But we did steal his brother's beer, and that was a whole thing. Plus, I fake drunk the beer because I was scared to drink. So I just fucking like did the thing where I would like act like I was drinking it and I, I just basically never ran out. And then again, so, you know, your, your new girlfriend is a son of a gun. That's a line that I actually had written down, um, calling a girl, a son of a gun. I had that written down for a really long time and son of a gun. Do you know what that is? It's like, it's like, it's like. Uh, instead of son of a bitch here, we'll say you son of a gun, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's like a Southern thing. And, uh, let's see, she's ticking like a time bomb. Did I mention you both suck.com? We talked about that. The best, I fucking totally forgot about this lyric lyric. This is so good. And again, this is one of those things where you're, we just found ourselves laughing and laughing and laughing writing this one. And now it, it's kind of all coming back to me. We ended up going out to this to a beach restaurant out on Malibu. And uh, I saw Tiffany Amber Thiessen in person. And goddamn, she was pretty. But uh, this fucking verse where we, uh, I met her at a kegger, passed out in the yard. Getting in her pants wasn't really that hard. Uh, I'm going to just say that I was referring to myself as being passed out in the yard. I met her at a kegger. I was passed out in the yard, and then I got in her pants. That way, that's the worst defense I've ever heard. Oh, okay. Well, that's not real. I, I meant, I meant me. I was passed out. She was fine. She was sober. <laughs> that I, that line isn't real. But then I go six months later. She crashed my car. That was rad, which is fucking hilarious. But the next one where we go, uh, she's got a glow from her spray on tan. Marilyn Manson is her favorite band. Now that's supposed to be funny because he's a guy, not a band. And then we rhyme, I really think she might worship Satan, not a fan. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow, these lyrics are wrong. Because I really think she might worship Satan, not a band, is what Google Music says. That's wrong. Should be not a fan. I could tell from Jarrett's eyes like two minutes ago that he was Googling his own song lyrics to find out what he should say about this bit. So. 100%. I should have fucking done Now, here's something interesting. Uh, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, you deserve each other, and then we call her a lethal weapon to take home with her. Uh, this week on Jarrett Goes to the Movies, we will be talking about the movie Lethal Weapon. So, um, you got that going for you. There you go. Podcast crossover. There you go. No, I, I, I really do love that song, Luckiest Loser. It was funny because, like, we had lost our A&R guy, and... Our new A&R guy really thought this should be a single, and I really didn't think it should be. But lo and behold, I thought enough about just how smartly written the song was that still to this day, our touring company is called Luckiest Loser. So actually, Lucky Lucky Loser Touring is, uh, is our touring company. So um, good song. I like that one. Yeah, that's been cool. Um, <clears throat> we've got some questions from the fan page. Uh, we'll just... 
we'll run until we run out of time and then we'll uh, cover everything else next time. Geraldine Darling asks, should I be hoping for Bon Soup to hit Dublin either end of the upcoming Get Happy Tour? Man, I tried to make it work, and Daniel will attest to this. I even actually came up with a plan on how we could make it work on the front end uh, and sit because the bus was coming from there, and I, on Heartache and Hilarity, I was really trying to make it work. I just, It's just not going to happen this particular time. Um, the production that we're bringing is, is insane, and um, it's just it will only fit in certain venues, and it just financially, it's, it's just a hard... A hard thing to make work so this particular time we're not going to be able to make it over but don't think that we don't appreciate all of our Dublin and Belfast fans um, over on that side of the ocean is it an is it an ocean or like a bay what is it like it's like a creek uh, I don't know geography is not my shit okay that's right okay so everybody that we're not going to your city we're sorry and I love you Geraldine Matthew Barham says, how did the connection and all of the other stuff with MC Lars come together? Uh, that's a great question. Our A&R guy, the guy who signed us to Jive Records, was actually worked for the publishing company. And he, um, he, you know, we were the only band that he worked with on the label, on the label side. But he did a lot of stuff for other artists and just like helping develop people. And he sent me the song Signing Emo. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? He's like, man, this is this kid who is just in college, and he did this whole album in his dorm room, and he calls, he says he's doing this thing called laptop rap, and he just, and it's just, that's just it, you know? So I got the whole record, and I was like, I don't care what the fuck happens. I want this guy on tour with us. So within a few months, he was on our bus and opening up for us, and pretty much we would just take him everywhere. And it was all just because, again... I heard that song and thought it was genius, and uh, the rest is history. We've done a lot of stuff together over the years, and I just spoke with him a couple of days ago, actually. So, um, and he's doing great. So, always love when you know we're able to help somebody out and and really, you know, give them sort of not 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 necessarily give them a start, but just sort of that nudge that they need um, to get out there and do it. And uh, he's done it. That's cool. And anyone who's not checked out MC Large, you really should. He's really, really fun. Absolutely. And he has a Patreon you can support, too. I'll just give that a shout-out. And uh, it's not like a monthly thing. It's just every time he does a song, you get it first and all that. Super cool. Um, just check him out regardless. Dave Wigimalo asks, Is there one song that when Jarrett hears it, he thinks, Shit, I wish I had written that, and Stacey's mom doesn't count? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of songs like that. I mean, I'm I'm a funny person when it comes to songwriting because I act like I don't care, but I do. Um, so when I do hear just amazing songwriting, it, it's easy for me to just get lost in it and just go, Jesus Christ. I mean, like, some of the shit that... I think so. Again, I know you guys are sick of me talking about Frank Turner, but some of the shit that Frank Turner does, I it some of the simplicity in it, and just then how it's it's actually it's it's fucking crazy, the way that guy writes. Um, but you know, I I I I hate to be cliche, but I wish I wrote Imagine. I think that's the one of the fucking greatest songs of all time, if not the greatest. And I I think just overall the melody, the piano line, the message everything is just fucking perfect and uh that 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 would be the one that i would single out but believe me there's thousands and thousands of them that i wish i would have written 
Jason Harrell added to that question. He said, also, is there a song or line that Jarrett regrets writing or wishes he'd written differently? Should I go back to that luckiest loser line that we were just talking about? Or... <laughs> yeah. The, you, the, the Weinstein one. Yeah, yeah let's, exactly. Let's undo that shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, um, okay, so what's the question? Do I regret writing anything? Like yeah. a line or a song? Yeah. No, I mean, there's a few where I get while why you know people might have been sort of weirded out by it. Um, there's one I remember I got some shit for like really really early, like before we were even doing anything worth a shit. Um, or uh, hold on, I was reading a text. Sorry, uh, but when I go, uh, there's a song called Whisk. And it's about a girl who is nuts, but that she, uh, you know, she's got some crazy daddy issues or whatever. And uh, it, it, there's some lines in there that are a little bit wacky, but from the perspective that I was coming from, I didn't really mean them the way. Like, anyway, fuck everybody else. No, I don't. I don't regret writing anything. I I don't ever like have like fucking vicious context in mind. It's just sometimes they do come out. Um, but not very often. I mean, again, I, I, I don't really get called out for shit that much. I mean, even the, as many times as I talk about like people being gay and shit, you know, it's like, I, I was thinking about, uh, that song, um, she got a postcard again. She said she had a new friend. I hope that by the end, those are hard on the floor. I think it's really okay. I really hope that he's gay. So, what I mean by that is I don't really fucking I'm not talking negative about gay people. I just hope he doesn't lack girls and fucking using her as a fucking shield. You know what I mean? Like it's it's funny because when I read when I read Jason's question, I immediately thought of that line and thought, I wonder if anyone's ever offended by that because nah, I know he didn't mean it like that. No, and that's just it. I think you know what? I think there's there's certain things about me that I think people know. Like I can get away with saying a lot of shit. Uh, that like if somebody else said it um, and you know what it happens on stage all the time like Eric will steal my joke and say it like the next night and people are completely fucking offended by it it's just like dude you don't have the same delivery as me it's not fuck it doesn't come across <laughs> the same you know like you, I've, I've definitely seen that happen. yeah you're the mysterious one fucking just sit there and look tired you know like people love that shit <laughs> No, but 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 we have fun with that. I mean, that, that's that's one of those things where like, it's 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 fun that he does that, and I think he even knows it. And just for him to sort of just kind of look around and the uncomfortable silence is is somewhat funny at times. For anyone who who hasn't yet picked up the acoustic DVD, you really should. But just for this one moment where Eric talks for like five minutes and Jarrett just says. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's my favorite moment of any show I've been to. <laughs> yeah. And I, I fucking, he, you know, God bless him. He puts up with me, you know, fucking with him, you know, and, and he's far more talented than me musically. So it's a good, it's a good balance. Lewis M. Jordan says, if you had to choose one of your songs to say this one, this is the one I want to be remembered for, even if the rest fade over time, what would it be? Um, uh, turbulence. Turbulence, I think. I think that song is going to remain poignant forever. I mean, there's definitely songs that I've, you know, I, I mean, again, I... 
I go back and I go back and back and back to High School Never Ends. I thought that should have been a huge hit. It breaks my heart that it wasn't. Um, but for just for the song where I think, I mean, it's uh, dude, Chris from Less Than Jake texted me last week. It's a true story. And just goes, dude, that fucking song Turbulence is the shit. I listen to it at least once a week since I saw you guys on the boat, you know. And I mean, that's a dude who I didn't even know listened to my band. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, that that's the one that I hope, you know, will stick around forever in some capacity. Jason Harrell says, does Jarrett remember changing the line in 2113 from I'm just a boy to I'm Justin Boyd for my friend Justin Boyd's birthday? This will have been at the Aardvark in Fort Worth about 15 years ago. Dude, I am not kidding. I fucking 100% remember that. 100%. <laughs> because we would still sing I'm Justin Boyd like at other shows sometimes just to fuck with each other. and Because there's, there's certain songs like that where you don't really ever change the line. And once you do, it's just kind of there forever. And uh, But yes, I do absolutely remember that. I promise. I couldn't have told you that it was 15 years ago or where, but I remember doing I'm Justin Boyd. 100%. <laughs> That's hilarious because anyone on the on the fan page will probably have seen that I immediately replied and said, I can answer this for you. Jarrett doesn't remember anything he says or does ever, ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's very, very true, but I was singing that. So, but no, I don't ever remember jokes. Daniel's right. Like, I can I could walk off the stage at Heartache and Hilarity and Daniel could would say, like, you know, do that shit you said to that one guy was hilarious. I'm like, I have no recollection of that at all. Like it's, yep. it's I'm in the zone. You know, I don't I can't explain what it's like. And and that's drunk or sober. It's it's just that's what it is. Brendan Sully asks, How did you end up covering modern English in the film Sky High? That was brought to us by the director. Um, he wanted that song. And we got pitched as the band. We met with him. He loved us. Um, it, it was a turnaround thing. But we were known as the band back then that could turn stuff around in just a couple of days. Um, really glad we did that. Super cool. I mean, I, I had no idea how big that movie was until, you know, recently when, like, now that people watch that as kids or adults, you know, and it comes up a lot. Um, but, yeah, I <laughs> the... Uh, the only weird part is that you know that ba that song was in the movie Valley Girl, which I really loved as a kid and well not or young adult whatever, and um, <laughs> just changing that one line from "Making love to you was never second best" to "Being friends with you was never second best" is just it's that's a funny one because I get fucking blamed for that. All the people are like, "Why did you change that line?" You know, whatever. It's like, well, a it was a Disney movie, and you think I couldn't have come up with something better than that? You know, like that's what I was told. <laughs> uh, David Stockwell asks, "Have you ever considered touring with Mitch Allen and SR Seventy One?" Well, a they don't tour. Um, they're you know, and it's, I don't think they ever will, especially since Jeff passed away. Uh, their bass player passed away many years ago. Uh, you know, and, and so there's only two original members of that band that, and I don't, I'm not even sure they speak. So that wouldn't happen. Uh, and Mitch is making amazing, making an amazing living, just writing songs. I don't see that he would ever want to do that. Uh, but you know, the, if, if I was, if he ever asked me, I would 100% say, sure. Yeah. I love that band and uh, I love Mitch. Mitch is a great dude. And we played with SR 71 way more times than I can count back in the day, and they were always uh, 
always a great show and good dudes. Who gets to play 1985 when you're on that lineup? They can have it. It's fine. But here's the thing. Uh, we should probably play it. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, our, our version is way better. The fucking rubber broke line on their version is just, it makes me cringe every single time. Nick Bartlett asks, you and Eric did many acoustic shows. What was the idea behind doing them rather than your full band shows? Well, it was a different show and a different different touring system. I mean, it was a, it's, a, it's a completely different presentation. I mean, I, I'm always confused by that question. And I'm sure you being my friend probably are too. Um, you know, like... Why don't? Why are you doing an acoustic show? Why wouldn't you just bring the band over? Well, we were just here four months ago as a whole band, and we kind of thought this would be cool to do, you know? Like, you know, and I. What's funny is I didn't really get that a lot on Heartache and Hilarity. It's not like people were coming up and going, "Well, why didn't you bring Eric on this thing?" It's just it's because it's a different show. Yeah, I think you're able to display things differently. It's a bit like saying, like, "Hey, Will Smith, how come you made another movie? Why didn't you just <laughs> keep that one going?" Right. <laughs> Right. I, I think so. I mean, I I think this. If you've ever seen the acoustic show, you would know why we would come and present the acoustic show. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. And, so, and we're like, you think Bowling for Soup is sort of like off the cuff and, and ad lib and shit like that. You've seen nothing until you've seen a Jarrett and Eric acoustic show where we could fucking play four songs in an hour, but it's never quiet. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's a good time. 100%. Uh, I think we're coming close to an hour now, so I'll make this the last question and we'll do everything else on the next episode. Uh, Rodan James asks, do you ever receive royalty checks in the name of Jarrett Von Eric? And if so, does this cause problems at the bank? <laughs> so the reason that I, I stopped using that name was because of that things were getting a little confusing. And what happened was is I switched from BMI to ASCAP, which is what, the, what your songwriting affiliate. And... It was such a confusing clusterfuck for over a year that I just decided to just simplify things and just go back to my real name. Um, but no, because it's basically listed as an alias. So I <laughs> like also the the various spellings of Reddick with a ch and one d and just a k and you know two r's in my name and like you know, it's just basically Jarrett von Eric just sort of like lives in that world. And uh, they, they figure it out and trace it back to me, which is nice. Or if they don't and it takes a while, then, you know, it builds up a little bit. It's like having a savings account, you know. And then uh, <laughs> maybe instead of uh, buying a stick of gum, I can, you know, buy a fucking diet soda. I don't know. I think that's the end for now. Uh, what I will say is that the next month when this one is due, it will be while we're out on tour. So... I'm thinking, let's record the next episode on tour. Fuck yeah, let's do it. I'll um, uh, I have the stuff to bring to do that, and uh, we'll do it. So we'll we'll uh, and maybe we could even bring Fiona in for the uh, question, and all that. So um, you know what? Let's talk about that. Maybe there's some really cool stuff we could do, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next month. Daniel, thank you for doing this, man, and thank you to everybody on the fan page. I do not. I can't tell you how much I talk about just how cool our fan page is, but I will tell you this. At, like, family functions, 
people like Casey's dad was talking to a friend of his the other day, just going, I love getting on that Bowling for Soup fan site and just seeing what's going on. I mean, it's just such a cool place. So I want to thank Fiona for creating it, but I want to thank all of you guys that just keep it going and keep it fun and keep it interesting. And you're all great. And because this goes out everywhere, anyone who's not a member of that, you can just on Facebook search Bowling for Soup fan page and you find it there. It's a really fun community. It's great to be a part of, uh, definitely check it out and i just want to say you can find me on twitter at daniel cotton and you can if you search daniel cotton from twitter on google you find my blog my facebook a bunch of other shit i don't add people i don't know on facebook you can follow me because most of my shit is public anyway but i just don't add people that's a personal thing so just because i know a few people have tried to add me and i've not replied yet that's the only reason for that you can find me everywhere at j-a-r-e-t-2-1-1-3 or just fucking google my shit or whatever the hell. Listen to Jarrett Goes the Movies. Just pick a movie after the first 30 episodes that you like and take a listen. You will absolutely love it and have some fun. And uh, look out for the first episode of Jarrett Nation coming out soon. We are recording next week with Howie Abrams, the guy that signed Bowling for Soup. And the first episode will be talking about the changes in the music industry over the last 30 years. Awesome. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks, guys. The BFS fan